Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Obsessible. So, this is the Obsessible Podcast, and on this show, I talk TV and movies like I would with my girls, my colleagues, my booze, and my bays. Welcome to episode eight. So, on the last episode, um, that was an all-movies episode. So, of course, this episode, I had to do one for TV. So, yeah... This is an all TV shows episode, and there are some great shows that I'm going to talk to you about. Um, I'm going to give you a full review of Loki because that just wrapped, uh, well, not just, we're at the end of August, literally the end. I don't even know how the end of August snuck up on me, but this is where we are. (laughs) And so Loki wrapped a few weeks back, and so I'm going to give you a full review of Loki because I've teased it and talked about it already on this show. Plus, I have some news about season premieres that I'm super excited to share as well. Uh, If you're new here, welcome to the Obsessible Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, also known as Nikki, to my besties. And if you're listening, we are now totally BFFs. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate all of my listeners, all of my friends. I love y'all. Tell another friend, honey, so we can keep building this tribe, you know? Also, don't forget to subscribe and follow. And also, I absolutely have to say welcome to all of my new listeners from overseas who are international, my listeners in South America and Europe. Thank you so much for being here. I don't know how you found me, but I am so grateful that you did. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So what are we getting into on this episode? I'm so super excited to talk about it. Okay, so the shows that we're going to be talking about on this episode are Power Book 3, Raising Canaan. Gossip Girl 2021, so the Gossip Girl reboot, Starstruck, Mayor of Easttown, Loki, and Outer Banks Season 2. So these are shows that are from Stars, HBO and HBO Max, Disney Plus, and Netflix. So a little something for everyone um, covering most of, this, of the major streamers. The only thing that's kind of missing from this episode is Amazon Prime, and Amazon Prime usually always has a representative on my episodes, but not today. <laughs> All of these shows have tons of drama, even Loki, though Loki does have a lot of action and comedic elements in it, but the emotion is definitely there as well in Loki. But in the case of Starstruck, there that show I would definitely classify as a pure play romantic comedy. And I'm if you guys have not seen it, you're missing out. This is definitely the type of feel-good show that you want to get into. Now, as for what's happening in Hollywood, I'll be giving you updates, like I said, on premieres, premiere dates, air dates for some of the most anticipated shows, in at least in my opinion, that are coming to the small screen in Q4 of this year and into the first quarter of next year, and then some future date anticipatory, I can't believe this is happening, whoa, 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 shows that are going to be coming soon, Okay. Um, and then to wrap it all up, like we always do, with a good kiki, with a good little ha-ha, with a good little laugh, we're, I'm going to share some hilarious tweets about TV and Twitter me laughing. And I chose tweets about Mayor of Easttown. Twitter had a lot to say about that show, was totally into it, as well they should have been. And I just want to congratulate that show, its production team, and its entire cast for receiving the amount of Emmy nominations that it did and for winning an award just recently. Um, all right. So that's what this episode is going to be about. 
you know what you got to do. It's time to go ahead, grab your snack, grab a drink, get comfortable, start your workout, go for a walk, or just cozy up and put me on speaker so that my melodic tones can envelop your whole entire area. You know you want to. You know, you know that's what you want to do. So you should just give in and do it. <laughs> Let's get started. This is Obsessible. I'm your host, Nikki, and I'm so glad that you're here. Oh, isn't that the one where the guy becomes limitless? Oh, isn't that the one where the guy becomes limitless? That can only mean it's time for what was up, what's up now, and what's up next. First up, in what was up, Loki. Now, in this particular instance, it's like, oh, isn't that the one about the t- about the one where the guy enters the time variance authority and disrupts all of time in order to uh, achieve some diabolical plan of taking over time itself and um, dethroning the timekeepers. I just went down a whole nerd tangent. Like that was just like, I just flew off the nerd tip. And And why did it have so much words? (laughs) So many words. I really bit my tongue. Okay, we're going to just scrap that whole thing. <laughs> You're still going to hear it though, because I keep my bloopers. But in any case, this is what this is about. Well, you guys know what it's about. I talked to you guys about what this is about. This is Loki. And this is him outside of the timeline. This is him um, having disappeared um, th- during... Uh, the attempt of during the Avengers attempt to regain the um Infinity Stones and he disappears with the Tesseract. So and the TVA steps in and is like variant alert, variant alert, yeah, you gotta die. Um but before we kill you, we're gonna use you to help us capture another variant who is also a Loki. Okay, now that I've caught you up, uh Loki, interestingly enough, is the only show in Disney's, well, Marvel, Disney, Marvel, Disney, Marvel's phase four of the television shows that is going to get a season two. So far, the other Marvel shows that we've gotten aren't giving that, which is an interesting choice. And perhaps it's because a Loki is not alive in the current timeline, um, not the reimagined one, like not the one where he disappears, right? But with the Tesseract, but the the story that we knew from the first Avengers film, not the first, oh my God, the first of the last Avengers films, um, Endgame, um, Infinity War. You know, I always mix up the order. Do not judge me, okay? I've had a long day. Anyway, <laughs> you guys know what I mean. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. Okay, so overall, I just really want to say I really enjoyed this season. Uh, The comedic turns, dramatic performances as well. There was no shortage of beautiful set pieces and production design. They paired excellently with all of the action sequences and the fight scenes. But nothing could top the kicker. The kicker, if you are wondering, is what happened at the end of the season in literally the final episodes where a a whole new character was introduced. And he is a loved and hated villain played by Jonathan Majors. And if you know anything about Jonathan Majors, 
that man is going to win an Oscar one day. You heard me say it. Okay. So when it happens, you you can be like, oh my God, my bestie Nicole totally said that he was going to win a, uh, an Oscar one day. Y'all need to get to know who Jonathan Majors is. This man always understands the assignment. He comes in, he delivers on every single portrayal that he has, and he is always entertaining to watch. He plays Kang the Conqueror. Now, if you've been paying attention, there were tons of Easter eggs that kind of whispered his coming, right? There are actually his faces in the actual show. You just didn't know it was his face that you were looking at. Um, but it, he, like I said, he was whispered. There were Easter eggs throughout the whole entire season that this was going to happen, that this character was coming. At least a version of this character because it's the timeline and it's the multiverse. And so therefore there are many versions. But this particular one um, is the dude. He's the man. He's the one that we've been waiting for. Uh, and I have to say, like, that was a way to go out with a bang. Like, they went out on top in terms of the end of this season. Um, and which basically means that the second season promises to be just as much fun as this one was. And I'm definitely looking forward to it. Now, the one thing, like, there's one other thing that I was, like, thinking of when I was watching the show, and I was like, hmm, this is totally interesting, because this is a new kind of side of Loki that we didn't really get to see before. But uh, did anyone else think that Loki was not capable of love? No. Just, okay. It was just me? Okay. So I was just like, there's no way. Like, <laughs> this guy's more in love with power and purpose than he is possibly could like dig deep to find some of that and to heap it onto somebody else but he did he did and not just a family member and so it was kind of like weird for me seeing him be all vulnerable and emotional and it not be directed towards his father or his brother or his mother um even though those all except his mother were all equally heaped upon with disdain and uh, disgust at times, but um, and no shortage of anger and judgment. But um, but still, there was you know there was love there, and we we saw him through his heroic attempts uh, show how much he did care for his family. But also, he's nar he's a narcissist and. I mean, how narcissistic is it that he fell in love with himself? Like, it's literally the definition of narcissism. It's where we get the word narcissism from. And if you don't know this, the, the story of Narcissus, then you should do some, you should do some anti-Google, like go to anti-Google because she knows everything um, and ask, look it up um, because this is where we get uh, the, 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 I, the concept, the word narcissism from. Um, but let's also hope that Loki doesn't find himself achieving the same fate as Narcissus because it didn't end very well for him. So in any case, I just thought that was like absolutely hilarious that that was the turn that they took, but also very interesting at the same time. And also actually quite Loki. Like just, it was very him. It was very on brand for him, um, if, if you will. And you guys, if you haven't started watching, if you haven't watched any of the Marvel Phase 4 that television shows um you should do that definitely watch this it's fun full of fantasy and sci-fi um like i said it's beautiful it's well filmed it's well directed it's well acted it's it's just good it's it's enjoyable and you should have expectations 
and it meets them. And like I said, uh, especially Loki is going to be part of, it's going to be necessary to watch it because it's going to set us up for things that are coming up. And you know, Marvel leaves no stone unturned when it comes to their details and their storytelling. So take in everything that you see in Loki. Loki is currently streaming globally on Disney+. Plus. So my next show that I want to talk to you about is also a What Was Up show, and it's called Starstruck. And it stars Rose Matifo, Matifo, Nikesh Patel, and Emma Sidi. This show was like literally surprising. It was so surprising and so delightful, and I'm really glad I found it. And I just kind of happened upon it. I didn't, had never heard anything about it, saw no press, and was just kind of going through Crave one day and was looking for something to watch um and stumbled on it and it just completely totally uh suited my mood um i read the caption and decided that it was exactly what i needed for the moment this show is a pure play rom-com and it does very little in the way of providing tension aside from the whole will they won't they will they won't they thing that happens throughout the entire season um it has got great comedic timing, amazing laughs, especially from its lead. Uh, the lead character's name is Jessie, and she is played by Rose Matefo. Matif Matefo? I'm sorry. I'd just be butchering last names up on this show, huh? My gosh. So bad. I, I gotta do something. Like, man, I gotta talk to myself, figure it out. I don't know. Um, she is also the one who created the show, and she writes on it as well. So what is it about? So Jesse's love interest um, and the cause of much of her angst is Tom, and he is played by Nikesh Patel. And he is actually a relatively famous actor who she happens to bump into one night at a party. It's New Year's Eve when this all happens. She doesn't recognize him in the least. She has no idea who he is, um, ends up going home with him. And then the next morning, as she's like bumbling out of his bed and stumbling around his kitchen, trying to get her trousers on um, to exit the premises discreetly and quietly, she stumbles into one of his movie posters and sees his face and his name and then literally freaks out, cannot get it together and stumbles back into his bedroom is like, wait a minute, are you who you think, who, what, like, what, 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 and why didn't you tell me? And I thought you knew. And it's, it's just hilarious. It's just hilarious. From that point forward, Tom and Jesse just, they just can't seem to get it together. Like it's obstacle after obstacle. It's, you know, oh, you have a girlfriend. No, actually I don't. That's just for press. Like it's all these different elements that are like stacked against them, trying to keep them apart. And it literally, because of the way that it, it's written, it keeps the audience hanging until the very last possible second when they finally decide they're going to give it a go. Uh, you knew that was going to happen. Whether there's going to be a second season, I don't know, because I definitely want to know what happens next. And this, it kind of, the way it's done is is so satisfying in the end that you almost don't need it to have another season because it's you're just you're building towards this are they or are they not and for much of it you just feel like they're just not they're just not like so many different circumstances happen um 
but I laughed out loud so many times watching and I felt like Jesse was just so relatable and funny. I thought that Tom was really sweet um, and kind and a little tragic in that he feels like so trapped by his desires to make money, but also uh, by his desire to make great film. There's also Minnie Driver who is priceless like she shows up as tom's agent and she is she's a scene stealer she's complete it's mini driver though right so we expect nothing less from her um but she literally takes over as his agent in the scene uh in the scenes that she does with him another character who offers up so much angsty awkward wide-eyed laughs is kate and she's jesse's best friend and she's played by emma city um, the episodes are just about 30 minutes, so they're very, very easy for you to digest and you'll wish there was more because I know when it was done, I was like, oh, I could have kept watching this. Um, I would definitely watch this one. This is a definite watch. Uh, it's an HBO Max original and it's currently streaming there globally. And for my Canucks, my Canadians, my fellow Red Whiters, um, it's on Crave in Canada. So check out Starstruck. Okay, so next up for what was up, and I actually could totally slot this into what was up, what's up now, because this show is not going to get any less popular. It's actually going to gain in popularity because not not a lot of people know about it. A lot of people know about it, but not a lot of people know about it. Um, and when I posted in my Instagram stories that I was watching this, I had a couple of people jump in and say that they're watching it, that they just finished it and that how they felt about it. In general, the consensus is this is a hit. Um, so this show is called Mayor of Easttown and it stars Kate Winslet, Evan Peters, Julianne Nicholson, Guy Pierce, and Jean Smart, among others. Um, and I chose this show for Twitter Me Laughing because like I said, Twitter had a lot to say about this show and they definitely, definitely reviving it. They definitely loved it. Um, the one thing that we will not run out of in TV is murder mysteries. Like people are never going to stop killing people. It's horrible to say. And so there's never going to be a shortage of, of whodunits, right? Um, so the, the desire what you need to do when you're going to be working in a genre that is so heavily populated with other properties in it is make it unique make it refreshing and make it character based and that is exactly what they did with this show this was one of if not one yeah mm -hmm, definitely so you see i talk to y'all and have a conversation with myself at the same time <laughs> um, this is definitely one of the best shows of 2021 by far like it is worthy of all the accolades that it's getting for both the production but mainly for the acting um and it's 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 just good good like it's just good good um it's so if you're not really into murder mysteries um and you feel like you might not be inclined to watch it because these types of shows are not your thing, I would say give this one a chance. Like, give this one a chance. Just try it out, okay? So let me get into what it's about, aside from the murder mystery part. Okay, so Kate Winslet plays Mare. She's basically this crotchety, broken, suburban, small-town cop whose glory days have all but left her in their dust. She seems very desperate, um to want to do something great, right? She wants to be great, but she feels trapped in this bubble of 
her own guilt. And that guilt is be comes from uh, the death of her very troubled son, which as the episodes go on, they dig more in, and more into that and what the relationships was like and what the dynamics were like. Um, she feels a sense of shame because she is also not been able to solve the disappearance of one of her childhood's friends and neighbor's children. So one of her friends has a daughter, that daughter has gone missing and she has not been able to solve that, that mystery. And so there's like this, uh, community sense of like, what the hell are the cops doing? Um, when this new situation arises. So she feels at this added pressure. She also feels like she needs to raise her grandson to be different from her own son. And she also has a disconnect from her own daughter. So she has a surviving child, right? Then she has a love-hate relationship with her mother. You know, they're both played by Jean Smart, who is so good in this uh in this show and they are tit for tat with each other and but Jean just doesn't give up on her and she knows her daughter and she knows the kind of woman and mother that she is and she just doesn't give up on her um there's also she has a sense of sadness um over the end of her marriage and then she also slightly feels jealous because her ex-husband has moved on um, and that's basically the backdrop, right, of Mare. But that is not the main body of the story. That's just the, the complexity of the character, right? Um, and the fact is, she's not the only complex character. All the characters in this show are complex, and this and the cast is is pretty is pretty large. Um, there is a lot of character development and growth shown in each of the main characters. Uh and because of that, it's super satisfying. By the time you get to the end, there is no stone left unturned and there is no string left not tied up and wrapped up. It is so, so, so well written. Uh, the cast is completely stellar um, as well. And everyone does a very, very good job um, of delivering their characters, right? And making it all very believable. Um the outcome of the story is one that I was expecting, but I also wasn't. So there were there were parts of it that I was like, okay, I see this coming. There were parts that I was like, wait, what? Um, and so I love the fact that, you know, I was surprised. And you know, if, if, if a show or a movie can surprise me, I'm always very delighted about that. And I was surprised. Um, aside from what is happening in the characters' lives, uh, the backdrop, like I said, is this murder mystery. And so there is a local girl, another local girl who gets murdered. And so remember how I was saying that there is this pressure to find this other girl when this um, next situation arises? Well, that is the situation that kind of pops off. It's the bubble. It's the catalyst for everything that happens after um, in this show. And there is much to dissect in the way of crime solving um, for Mare and her fellow um, police people, police women and men. <laughs> um, so a girl goes missing and one has ended up dead. And it's basically Mare's job is to find out all of the circumstances um, well, find out if everything is connected, right? So, and if it is connected, well, then who's doing all of it, right? And to her credit, she she does. Uh, that in and of itself is a woe moment. It's like, holy crap, right? Um, so overall, I would say definitely, definitely watch, like watch this 
for my Canadians, it's on Craving Canada. It's on HBO and HBO Max, wherever you can find it for Americans and for people uh, around the world. So if you can get a, get a subscription, um, find another server somewhere, I don't know. But you definitely want to watch Mayor of Easttown. Um, like I said, it is being lauded right now and it is deserving all of the praise that it is getting, especially for Evan Peters and, uh, and for Kate herself. Just great. Just great acting. Great, 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 great acting. Great storytelling. Great direction. Great cinematography. Great everything. Mm, mm, mm. Chef's kiss. Great show. That's Mayor of Easttown. Okay, so next up, a show that I have absolutely been loving and I'm so excited to tell you guys about. It's called Power Book 3, Raising Canaan. And it's the first show for What's Up Now. This show stars Patina Miller, Makai Curtis, Malcolm M. Hayes, Haley Kilgore, and Omar Epps. When Power went off the air at the beginning of 2020, it was a very, very hard pill to swallow. It literally was six years of some of the best crime drama series writing like ever and the way it ended whew, baby it caused some serious division and spawned some of tv's most hated characters like legit hatred we're talking cersei level we're talking joffrey level hatred okay and the void that was left gave the creators some very very big shoes to fill and they are certainly trying to do just that the power universe was formed and there are literally no less than like three spinoffs coming on the heels of the end of the original show. The first spinoff, Power Book 2, has already been released and it follows Tariq as he navigates university while simultaneously trying to get Tasha off the hook for James's murder. Spoiler alert. If you haven't, if you didn't know that by now, look, listen, okay, I ain't got nothing for you. Anyway, but let's be honest. We, me, me, I don't give a flying not. I don't care, okay? What Tariq is doing, I don't care who he's talking to. I don't care. I don't care nothing about that kid. I hate that guy. I hate that guy. I hate that guy. Okay. And no matter how many episodes I I saw, no matter how much of the show I watched, I could not find myself rooting for him. Like I just couldn't get over who he was in the first show in power like I, I can't i can't get past it even to this point now and i'm really glad that they paused on that story to start telling another one i watched it because i was curious but it was whatever like it's whatever ain't nobody ghost ain't nobody james saint patrick there will never be another and as much as i appreciate what they're doing there, who can who you can't replace that man okay you can't all right anyway so now with power book three out with a focus on the origin story of kanan who's also a much hated character from the power world we kind of get to learn more about the history of this ruthless gangster and how he kind of came to be who he became in the original show it's actually a really great story okay so the show started about eight weeks ago but there are not eight episodes out, okay? Um, it's a Showtime original. And so in Canada, I'm already giving you these details. You can watch it on Crave. And in the US, um, you can watch it on Showtime. Anywhere else in the world, I believe you may have to get it on Amazon as well, all right? But nevertheless, uh, Kanan, 
the teenager was not nearly like nowhere near like as vile and corrupt as the Canaan we were introduced to in the original show, which I'm kind of glad about. Um, and his mom, her name was Raquel or Rock or Rocky, uh, is played by Patina Miller. Now, Kanan the Kid is played by Makai Curtis. Has to be a relative of, of 50 Cent. Like, has to be. Like, there is no way that they can't be related because he even sounds like him, okay? Um, I'm like, nephew, cousin, what? Like, what's the deal? Because there's blood here. There's got to be. Anyway, Patina Miller's Raquel is real and she is dope as hell, okay? The show is set in the 90s and the costume design is on fire. Like, I just, I'm like, I could wear that now. Give me that jacket. I want them boots. Can I have those jeans? Sis, 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 why are you everything? And she is that. She is everything, okay? She is, like, she just, she always looks like a boss, even when she's just dressed casually. Uh, I also love that initially she had no intention of letting Kanan in the game. Like, she had way bigger dreams for him. But of course, um, he does something really stupid because he's hella stubborn and she had no choice but to begin to initiate him. Um, right now there are six episodes out and I swear every single episode plays out like its own little gangster film and I'm loving it. Um, other characters include Kanan's two uncles, Lulu, played by Malcolm M. Hayes and Marvin, played by London Brown, who you might recognize from the show Ballers, that also stars John David Washington and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, they each play, so Lulu and Marvin, they each play their position as lieutenants in Rock, Rocky's ranks, right? And Raquel's ranks. So Lulu's kind of like uh, the muscle and London kind of is like the get it done guy, right? Just not in the same way that Lulu is, right? And uh, Marvin is a screw up, like a screw up from the get up. Like he just doesn't ever seem to think things Clearly, and they make that very clear about his character from the very beginning. And then you continue to watch Marvin live up to his, uh, the beliefs that are held about him. Okay. Um, Kanan also has his circle of friends, which include his cousin Jukebox. We meet her in power, but we meet her obviously as a grown up version of herself and at the time and was played by Anika Noni Rose. Um, but in this version, she's, Jukebox is played by Haley Kilgore. Um, there's also his boys. So Jukebox is the only girl in the crew of boys. And there's uh, Famous and his boys Scrappy and Lil Rob. His crew, very much like himself, they're very all familiar with the hardships of growing up in Southside Jamaica, Queens in the 90s, which is the backdrop. That's the environment, right? Southside Jamaica, Queens. Um, to be perfectly real with y'all, I watched this show for Raquel and for her alone, okay? Like, the boss level is on 1,000. She's feminine, she's fierce, she's smart, she's scrappy, and she's fearless. And Patina Miller delivers literally every single episode. She's a sniper, she's a shooter, she don't miss. Every episode. And I was not familiar with this actor before this show, and I'm so happy that I, I have been introduced to her because now I'm going to be looking out for her. She is everything like she's so good she's so good it's wild um the fact that Kanan the the fact that the like the Kanan that we meet in power is not the Kanan that we meet in this show is so great because in this show he's actually likable right so 
that lets me know that something is going to happen that's going to change him into a heartless SOB because that's who we met in power. Um, and I'm, I, I have a, have a theory on what that could potentially be that causes him to do that. But I really hope it's not that I really, really hope, but it would have to be something on the level of what I'm thinking. And I'm not going to share it with you because I don't want to ruin it for you. So, uh, if it does come to pass, like, you notice, I never tell you guys what my theories are. I, for the most part, watch me go back and listen to an episode of me spouting all kinds of theories, but But for the most part, in my mind right now, I don't tell you what my theories are. So I don't ruin things for you if it actually does happen. Okay. (laughs) Especially in things that are currently airing. But like I said, it's been out for about eight weeks and it currently has six episodes. They drop um, a week at a time and they just dropped episode six after about a two week hiatus. I want to give out some warnings here. Warnings for language, violence, and sexual content. So keep that in mind. And when you're watching... And uh, it's currently streaming streaming on Crave in Canada and HBO, HBO Max. Oh, no, it's a Showtime show. So it's on Showtime um, in the States. And I believe, like I said before, you'll be able to catch it on Amazon Prime. I think you'll be able to rent it from if you don't have Showtime, um, which I think comes in a package. Lots of digital packages, uh, cable packages, or you could actually think you could stream it through the app as well if you're in the U.S. I think that's how that goes. Yeah, so yeah, that's Raising Canaan, Power Book 3. Edit. Not me continually telling you guys that Raising Canaan is playing on Showtime. When it's not Showtime, it's Stars. Stars with a Z, not Stars with an S. So not the Disney Plus edition, but Stars with a Z, okay? And I said it confidently too, multiple times. It's one more time. Stars, not Showtime. Okay, so the next show for What's Up Now is Gossip Girl 2021, the Gossip Girl reboot. It stars Jordan Alexander, Whitney Peak, Eli Brown, Tavi Gevinson in her acting debut, Thomas Doherty, and Emily Allen Lind. Um, spotted. A podcaster rolling her eyes in disdain at the storylines for the first season of the Gossip Girl reboot. If you're wondering, that podcaster is me. We're definitely in the era of the reboot and the reimagining. And the OG Gossip Girl fans were definitely beside themselves, myself included, when we heard that there was going to be a brand new generation of fabulously dressed, overly dramatic dilettantes parading the streets of New York City, getting into too much damn trouble, using their intellect and obvious snobbery to separate themselves from the have-nots. Have-not popularity, have-not influence, have-not style. I was here for it, okay? I was here for it. I wanted to see what would be done And now I feel like they did too damn much. (laughs) Y'all tried it. Okay. Y'all tried it. Uh, We're definitely in a time where I feel like the desire to be more provocative is order overriding the desire to be deep and introspective. And that can cause some, for me, it can cause some issues in depending on what I'm watching. 
um, because I actually want to feel like I'm learning something sometimes, not just being thoroughly entertained. I just like, I have a thing for infotainment. So uh, teach me something, uh, show me something more than just, um, I'm just doing this for shock value. And I feel like there might have been a lot of that um, on the show. Um, so there are people who still want to see, like myself, you know, want to see characters grow. Like, I want to see characters evolve and change. And yes, a character definitely needs to start somewhere, but not at the top of a deeply inappropriate relationship with an authority leader. Like, I, I'm done with that. Um, so let's stop normalizing kids in their late teens dating their teachers. Like, that trope is over, it's played out, and it's inappropriate. And the truth is, in real life, it wouldn't fly. One or both are going to find themselves in trouble traumatized and requiring therapy if not in jail okay and out of a job and i also feel like when we continually show these messages or show these images like children young adults they start to feel like um that they they're grown and when in fact they are actually groomed and they feel that their value is wrapped up in their sexual selves that's not what we're trying to do here like in terms of entertainment I don't think that's the message that anybody wants to send. And uh, in a lot of these shows, um, these kids are just overly sexualized, period. Like, just period. Have y'all seen Euphoria? You know, you know when that second season drops, we're going to be talking about it. Um, I know I'm ranting, um, but it's kind of a hot button issue for me. I, I just need, I need us to dig a little bit deeper. I just need us to dig a little, a little deeper. Also, 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 can we stop this sibling dating exes era in film and television? Like, let's just not even go there. Um, I feel like I've seen multiple shows and movies where siblings um, end up dating the exact same person and in, in succession and not by accident. Like, it's not like, oh, that's your brother or, oh my God, I didn't know that that was your brother. And then we end up dating. No, like they directly knew. What? No, come on. Like in no world is this normal. Like, or like acceptable. Like who would want, who would want that for themselves? Yeah, I'm judging. I'm judging. If in real life, that's your bag. I'm judging you. Heavy side eye on major. Like ew, ew, ew. Uh, yeah. So back to the context of Gossip Girl, like, I don't know if it's because Blair and Serena were like sisters that they decided to actually make Zoya and Julian actual sisters, but that does not mean like continue with the we dated exes. It's bad enough that friends date exes. Like I actually draw a hard line on that, much less for people who share blood. Gross. Okay. Anyway, they're sisters. All right. I can get into that. I can dig it. Like until then, until like, like I was cool with it until like 14 year old Zoya starts dating 17 year old Obi who is literally the last boyfriend of Julian like so much the last boyfriend of Julian that like the transition was like what the heck is happening here <laughs> it was like they literally broke up and seven seconds later he was dating Zoya or at least pushing up on her like I just what like if y'all could have seen my face like I was so flabbergasted I was like this is just morally bankrupt like ew did ew okay <laughs> like I kind of felt like you're telling me that there weren't 900 other ways to cause drama between these two women 
then to have them date the exact same person and children, let me say children because they're kids. Um, and also isn't the setting in New York City where there are like numerous and I do mean plentiful young men who would have been more than happy to take newly transplanted Zoya on a date. Okay, let's not make this a habit. Let's kill this with this trend with fire before it has babies and spawns and has other writers thinking like, oh my God, that is so juicy. No, it's not juicy. It's gross. It's gross. They share DNA. Like it's gross. Okay. Not even cousins. Cousins isn't cool either, but that was usually as far as it would go. Now y'all have out here having brothers dating, dating the same woman and sisters dating the same men. Stupid. There's a lot of people in the world. It's not necessary. Anyway, okay. like what I did like Julian and the actor who plays Julian is absolutely gorgeous with her bald head. Like, ah, oh, you better work that look and you better be put in a place as the baddest in the circle. Even though her beauty is not traditional or conventional. I love that. I don't know if they wrote that in or if the, if the actor brought that to the table and they cast her anyway, but I absolutely, absolutely love that. I also love that these are mixed race women. Um, identified and I, I don't know if they identify as black. I'm just saying that they might identify as black, but phenotypically you know, that's what they would be considered. Um, and I like that because there wasn't a whole lot of racial diversity in the cast of the original Gossip Girl. Let's be, let's be real here. When Tika Sumter joined the cast, I did a happy dance. Like that is a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. And I love the fact that they introduced her as a, uh, a love interest for Trace Crawford's character. Um, that was amazing. And also, you know, I'm a black woman. I've said this before and I'm definitely going to be like, I saw that and I was like, all right, let me look at this here and see what they do with these girls. Cause listen, if they did not come correct, I was going to be mad about it. You know, I was going to be mad. Um, I wanted them to be represented well. So the first, this first six episodes have dropped. Um, even though the ending of the last episode seriously annoyed me, I'm not a quitter. So I'll keep watching. And I say that, like, I say that I'm not a quitter, but there are things in shows that will happen that will, in a storyline that will literally make me stop watching. It's what happened with Snowflake. I'm, Snowflake, Snowfall. I might pick Snowfall back up, but I was so deeply disturbed by something that happened in the episode. It turned my, it literally turned my stomach. Um, I, I, I had to stop watching. And so I'm, haven't started again. I don't know if I will, but so there are reasons and things that will happen in the show that will make me quit. But in general, I'm not a quitter. Um, so I just want to actually issue you guys some warnings. So strong warnings for sexual content, like not, this is not PG 13. Okay. So forget the age of the people of the main characters. Like this is adults. <laughs> this is a show for adults, not young people. Um, and language. But I would definitely say revel in the, the, in the privilege and the fashion and trash everything else. Uh, you can catch Gossip Girl. It's an HBO Max original. So it's on HBO and HBO Max. And for our Canucks, you can catch it on Crave. All right. So our last and final show for this episode is Outer Banks Season 2. And that's uh, our show for What's Up Next. So Outer Banks stars Madison Klein as Sarah Cameron, Chase Stokes as John B., Ruddy Pankow as JJ, Madison Bailey as Kiara, Drew Starkey as Rafe Cameron, Jonathan Davies as Pope, Charles Estin as Ward Cameron, and Austin North as Topper. Um, so before I started season two, I did a rewatch of season one. And what I discovered was that these kids are nuts. They're nuts. They're bonkers. They're out of their freaking minds. 
Um, and I didn't feel, but I didn't feel that way about the show when I watched it the first time. Like the second time I watched it, I was like, "What are these guys doing? <laughs> what was I? What, like, what, why do I have such a different energy from this rewatch than I did have from the first? I don't know, but they're crazy. And also, I noticed they have terrible hygiene practices, like terrible. Like I kept saying, "When was the last time John B took a shower? Like, why don't you guys write these things into the story? Like, I actually want to see a character act like a normal human being. And as far as I could see, John B took no showers the entire time. And the only time that this man was ever wet was when he ended up in the lake or in the ocean. And the ocean is salt water. So that's gross. So yuck. Anyway, yeah. Um, also, Topper, psycho, like legit nuts and very manipulative and very abusive. And I was like, cautionary tale for any young woman um, who's dating, anyone dating, anyone dating. If you're dating, Topper's not the type of, if, if he, that character resonates with you as like a reflection of someone that you've been with or are currently with run run okay not to mention the actual legit psycho rafe he is a first-rate socio sociopath and so is his dad like that guy is gonna like i remember tweeting while i was watching the second season i'm like this kid's gonna turn into a serial killer i'm not wrong i'm not wrong that character has all the makings of a serial killer and so is his dad and it's it's the, you're making me do this, you know, like, and then the disassociation, like, oh, that's not what I was doing. Like, what? Like, it was actually so terrifying to watch because it's just like, there are people out there in the world who are like that. And to have two of them in one family, hmm, yep, fun times. All right. Anyway, so let me back this up and tell you what the show is actually about, because I don't know if any of you guys have even heard of this show. It's called, like I said, it's called Outer Banks. Generally, it takes place in South Carolina where there are a set of islands and they're kind of divided up between the wealthy and the poor. The island itself is. <clears throat> um, the rich are called the kooks and the poor are called the pogues. <clears throat> or more accurately, this specific group of poor people are called the pogues, right? And there is a distinct animos animosity that exists between the two groups. That animosity comes to a head over, you guessed it, a girl, Sarah Cameron to be exact. Um, but behind that, there is this search for John B's missing father, Big John, who is now presumed dead. So he's been bit missing in the first season for about three months, right? Um, the Pogues are made up of John B, JJ, Pope, and Kiara. Kiara is the only one who actually lives on the other side of the island and would be considered a kook, but she doesn't relate to her uh, other kookish friends or uh, peers and chooses to spend her time um, fishing, chilling, smoking, and vibing out with Pope, JJ, and John B on almost a daily basis. The kooks are Topper and Rafe and their friends. Sarah doesn't really hang out with her brother. She's like his younger sister, but she's equally popular, has her circle. But she doesn't, we don't really see her with her circle, her circle much because as soon as she becomes involved, spoiler alert, with John B, then that whole thing goes out the window and causes, like I said, lots and lots and lots of drama in the first season. Um, and basically they do exactly what the, the Pogues do. They just do it on a bigger, grander, fancier scale. But when it comes time to party on the beach, they typically all do that together, which can result in mayhem. And it does. So here's the thing. 
The issue between the groups of teens is extremely violent and multiple times lives are in danger. Um, things escalate so badly that murder is actually attempted multiple times. It's kind of disturbing actually until the unthinkable happens and somebody actually does die. Uh, and of course the murder is blamed on an innocent person, but not only is there this like turf war between both sides happening, but then there's also this treasure hunt happening, which turns out to be the reason that John B's dad, Big John was killed in the first place. And Sarah Cameron's dad, Ward, is basically the one responsible. Uh, in the end, the treasure is found and stolen. Okay? So that's basically a, a summary of season one. So in season two is basically more of the same. The kids are trying to solve problems, going on another treasure hunt and losing. Also, also multiple times their lives are put in danger and murder is attempted again. But they escalate it to brother trying to kill sister and father trying to kill daughter. So like the Cameron family is like disgusting. It's like full stop disgusting with like capital of every single letter. Like I'm yelling it at the top of my lungs. Like why are you like cap locking me? Because that is this family. This family is disgusting. I was so bothered by Wraith and Ward that I like at one point where I said to myself, like, I really need both of them to be killed off this show, like, in season three or this season. Like, I need one of them to die and stay dead. Like, somebody needs to take these two out uh, because they just, they're just, they're terrible. They're terrible, evil, wicked, wicked, sociopathic, psychotic people. Um, in any case, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know how season three is going to play out, but what I demand is that the kids win. I need the Pogues to win at something. I need something to go their way because it seems to be that they're, that, that the twists are all always so tense. Like there, it's like right at the moment when something is going to go good for them, something else completely random and arbitrary happens that completely flops their whole entire show and ruins all of their chances for, for getting the win. And that becomes very frustrating, especially if you watch both seasons together, like I did back to back, that can become frustrating really, really quickly. And I found myself more frustrated than entertained. Um, and that, and it, like, it just gave a sense of hopelessness, even though the characters were like, oh my God, we're alive. No, like you guys literally have almost died multiple times, like death permanent, you know, like this isn't a fantasy show. This isn't like transplanting of an of a soul somewhere else or whatever like I, i'm watching too much wheel i'm i'm reading too much wheel of time <laughs> but like it's not that this is this is reality and so for them to be like oh yay everything's cool we're together and alive i was just like no who cares like well yeah obviously you want to be happy that they're alive but the bigger picture is that you guys keep getting thwarted and i just don't like that sense of hopelessness i like the underdogs to win at least a little bit at some point in time. So I'm hoping that we get that in season three. Um, and one of the, the, one of the Camerons, Ward or Rafe, end up dead. Hello, writers. If you can hear me, kill them. Thanks. Uh, anyway, so Outer Banks season two is streaming on Netflix globally. Show.
I would sing that last line, but I really don't want to deafen you guys. <laughs> but I was tempted. I was tempted. Welcome to Hollywood. So this is the segment where we dish, spill the tea, and kiki about what's going on in Hollywood. And so this particular segment for this particular episode is all TVT. TVT. Okay. So, and this is like probably the biggest welcome to Hollywood segment that I have actually done. Like what's happening in Hollywood segment. I've actually done uh, since I started this podcast. There is so much tea. And so let's get into it. So we're going to talk premiere dates. We're going to talk for the ones I have. We're going to talk speculation. We're going to talk all that. So first up, Premiere dates and images were released for The Wheel of Time at Comic-Con at Home. And Rafe Judkins, the show's showrunner, talked about his commitment and love of the series, plotting out eight seasons from the very beginning. So the show will actually hit Amazon Prime as predicted in Q4, but it will actually begin airing in November. And season two has already begun filming. I'm you guys, I you know I'm excited about this. I don't even have to continue to tell you guys that I'm excited about this. Also, I finished the books. I finished the main series, which is 14 novels. I just wrapped it. Um, I literally was like so emotional. Like the entire last book, as soon as, which is called A Memory of Light. I As soon as I started A Memory of Light, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. I'm done. And yeah, like I, so many times I cried throughout the entire, pretty much throughout the entire book. It's a very like, it's, it's hard. It's hard because that series of novels has so many characters and he writes them so well. And you, you, even though there's so many, there's, and you have your main characters, you still like get this sense of like importance for all these different characters. And I tell you in the last 10 chapters, he's just like, well, you got to die. You got to die. You got to die. You got to die. And that's like just overwhelming. So there was a lot of tears shed. Anyway, so that's the wheel of time hitting our TV screens on Amazon Prime in November. Also in November, November 24th to be exact, Marvel's continuing its hot streak of TV originals for Disney+. Plus. As Hawkeye will drop in in introducing er, 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 introducing <laughs> Haley Stansfield in her role as Kate Bishop, and also will add Florence Pugh in her role as Yelena Belova. So if you haven't seen Black Widow, you need to watch it um, so that you know who Yelena is. Right, 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 right. Also, finally, after like months and months of waiting, during WitcherCon in July, we finally got a trailer for the new season of The Witcher. And let me tell you something, baby, it is going to be an epic season. This is going to be so good. The Witcher season two will premiere at the end of the year, December 17th on Netflix. Yes. Also, you should watch um, to get some context to the entire Witcher uh, series, which, um, sorry, The Witcher Nightmare of the Wolf, which is an anime and it's a prequel movie, which kind of talks about the origins of of the Witcher species, I guess you could say. And uh, it's I just watched it on the weekend. It's super dope. So yeah, definitely watch that. It's also on Netflix. Um, so more fantasy. I know it's like all oh, that was all fantasy. Um, Amazon Studios released the first images from the Lord of the Rings series and has provided a release date. An exact date, which is September 2nd, 2022. So we've got some time 
but that is coming also very excited about that one and i need to figure out what the show is based off of because i know it's not the main body of the lord of the rings books so i definitely want to see what it's based off of so that i can read that book um whether it's the unfinished tales or the silmarillion i want to dive into that before the show starts um Outlander, Outlander season six will begin airing in Q1 of 2022. I don't have an exact date, but it's going to be early 2022. So Droughtlander is coming to an end, fans and folks. Um, Sidebar. So I recently started watching Virgin River and followed that up with another show called Sweet Magnolias. They're both on Netflix and they're both going to have additional seasons. Sweet Magnolias has been out for a while <clears throat> and there's only one season available to watch but Virgin River just dropped its third season in July. Um, Sweet Magnolia Seasons 2 is coming next year which is great because I definitely want to see what happens with all of the people of Serenity and um, in Virgin River Season 4 has no official release date will but will likely be July of 2022 so that was just a quick sidebar. Um, I'm probably not going to talk about those shows, but they were exactly what I needed right now. Palette cleansing, fun, and easy to watch. And I really enjoyed them. You, for all of you, you fans, you season three will land on Netflix October 15th of this year. So we'll get up with Joe and his psych psycho baby mama um, and see what's going on with them. The fans have spoken and Netflix is rescuing a fan favorite in Manifest and will bring it back for a fourth and final season. You can currently watch the first two, season of, two seasons of Manifest on Netflix. Um, in some sad news, it's kind of sad, but you know we, we knew it was coming. Insecure will actually begin airing its final season as well in October. So that's season five of Insecure coming to HBO in October of 2021. Uh, so Netflix's hit coming of age series, Never Have I Ever, has also been renewed for another season. Yes, another Canadian cutie doing her thing. And we already have, I believe, two seasons of that show. So season three is coming. Um, the Umbrella Academy season three has wrapped filming. No premiere date for that one just yet. Um, the much, much, much anticipated season two of the dark teen drama that I had already mentioned in this episode, Euphoria has begun production there are again no premiere dates for this one yet but season two is coming in more game of thrones news because <laughs> there's always going to be game of thrones news um there are two new spin-offs in the works at hbo so aside from the one that is currently filming and should be wrapping soon if not has all hasn't wrapped already um the blood of the dragon or the house of the dragon whatever it's called um there are two additional shows that are going to coming are coming so if you miss Vampire Diaries, get ready. There are more teen blood suckers coming to your screen. The Vampire Academy is heading to Peacock and it will be helmed by Vampire Diaries showrunner Julie Pleck. Uh, the main cast has already been hired, but no production dates or air dates have been released as yet. But what I do know is that uh, famed, famed director Billy Woodruff is directing the pilot. Congratulations on that, Billy. Um... He's done a lot of episodic television shows and music videos. He's like famous, been doing it for years and years and years. So this is a huge get for him. And I'm literally like, you know, so I also have to say like, I'm very, very excited right now. Like every single one of my absolute favorite book series have or has been 
adapted for TV. And I'm literally buzzing from like all the excitement and anticipation because I just, I can't wait to sink my teeth into all of this good TV. So Game of Thrones, you already know, um, know about, happened, done, did it. We did eight seasons. Yes. Um, but there was also a time when I loved, loved, loved vampire stories, like loved them. And I literally devoured Anne Rice's Vampire Chronicles, starting with an interview with a vampire. Well, since then, that well, since the book was adapted into a major motion picture in the 90s that starred Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. Now, if you have not seen that, get into it. Antonio Banderas is also in that. Kristen Dunst is also in that. It's a classic film and the cast is amazing. Um, they also had a Not So Hot sequel. Um, and which starred our babe, everyone's favorite baby girl, Aaliyah, before she died. Um, but they're taking it to the small screen and talks of the books coming to TV has been going on for a while, but it is finally time and interview with a vampire. The first book of the vampire chronicles will be coming to AMC and AMC plus sometime in 2022. So look out for that. And that's up for what's happening in Hollywood. That was a lot, right? Lots and lots of good stuff going on there. And I am so here for it. Like I'm, I seriously can't wait for some of these shows to hit the screen, uh, seasons, second seasons and premieres. It's going to be a good time in Q4. Lots to sink your teeth into. (laughs) So you know what that is, right? It is time to put in a laugh. And like I said, I chose tweets about Mayor of Easttown and I have a a few here that I would definitely like to share. Um, Like I said, Mayor of Easttown is definitely one of the better shows, if not one of the best, definitely top five of 2021. And if you have not had an opportunity to watch, you should get into it. So let's see what the folks on Twitter had to say. So Taryn Steven, at Taryn Steven, tweeted, HBO really said your emotional health is a joke to us, cringe face. What was this show? Hashtag Mayor of Easttown. Also, great and unmatched, great and unmatched Krennitz. Oh my God, I don't even know. I don't know. (laughs) Tweeted, (laughs) the characters on this show are truly absurd. Hashtag Mayor of Easttown. Why do they keep saying her name over and over and over again? Also, The other guy's Christian Bale Batman voice makes me laugh every single time he speaks. (laughs) I figured out who the murderer was by the big, this is a thread, beginning of the third episode. I found out someone, if I found out someone in my family murdered someone, I would rat them out immediately. If someone in my family told me not to rat that person out, I'd rat that person out too. They had some thoughts. (laughs) They had some thoughts, y'all. At Matt. Eidelberg tweeted, okay, I spent my day watching Mayor of Easttown and I think everyone should call in sick tomorrow to watch it. You will not be disappointed. And it's true. Like it's, the show is great. Um, Evan at Evan R. Crawford tweeted, started Mayor of Easttown a couple of hours ago, was only supposed to watch the first episode. And now here I am on episode three with the glove, with a, <laughs> uh, a I'm, I'm hooked gif attached to the tweets. Well, lovelies, my peoples, my besties, my friends, my babes, we are at the end of another episode. And I am like, yeah, I mean, this is where we are. Like, we made it. 
we made it. We made it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys really had as much fun listening as I had preparing and recording this episode for you guys. The music that you're hearing in the background is the new intro music for the show. I know I just started with it and didn't even talk about it but yeah this is it hope you guys enjoy it give me some feedback don't forget to like and share and i will see you on the next episode this is the obsessible podcast i'm your host nikki and i'm out